So we're going to talk about that. My first scripture is, what we're going to do, we're going to talk in Acts chapter 2, 42. Acts chapter 2, 42. This is our foundational scripture for the series, and I'm going to lead off on this because I want to talk about devotion. Devotion. Let us go there. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, if you want, I want to give you a little history on this. This is in the book of Acts where Pentecost has taken place. Jesus had ascended back up to heaven and he told him, wait until the power from high, the Holy Spirit comes and you'll know exactly what to do. Next thing you know, Peter, the one who rejected Christ three times, he's always the leader of the church, gave his first sermon. 3,000 people got born again. And then they said, what are we going to do with these folks? Well, starting in verse 42, they put them in community. In fact, they created their own culture. Can I just, let me give you a sidebar. As believers, we are a culture. We don't have to keep up with culture. If we recognize who we are in Christ, we would rule culture. When we try to keep up with culture and what it's doing, we always fall behind. When we start to lead in our culture, we'll always be the most influential people in the world. Because Jesus was the most influential person in the world and still is living it out through us. So I wanted to share that with you. And what we're talking about is a culture and their, convi- their core values. When you look at these, their first four things, there's four things we're going to talk about. This is what they valued. And as Grace Point Church, this is what we value. This is the hardest way to build when I go through this. But it's the most rewarding way to build. Because we can easily build a church and people come once a week. And then we do great things and, and do slick things. And you go home, and when the bomb drops out, you have no one to call. So I'm going to unpack this, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And look what happened here. Because they, weren't, they knew the commission was to go make disciples. They weren't interested in making converts. They were interested in making disciples. And we're not interested here in making just converts. We're interested in making disciples, who make disciples. So let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, and we thank you, Lord, for this moment that we have. We thank you, Lord, guys. We study and open our word. I ask that you open our hearts, illuminate our hearts to what you're trying to tell us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this was the early church and how they got started. You see here, when you look at The first thing I put down here, they were devoted to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And see, their faith was not a day-to-day reality. Their faith was a day-to-day reality, not a -a once-a-week routine. But there's one key word in there that we miss. I love small words in the Bible because they're so powerful. They said they. That means together. Everyone say it together. Together. Put some soul in there. Together. <laughs> Teaching. Okay. All right. We got to teach y'all something. Fellowshipping. Together. Breaking of bread. Together. And prayer. Together. That means this whole week, this place ought to be crowded on at 12 o'clock. 
together. <laughs> so when you hear me go through this, it's all about being together. Because that's the way God put it together. In team. In a body. That's why he calls us the body of Christ. And that's what I want to unpack this thing. First thing you see that here. First thing they were, they were devoted to the disciples' teaching. Hearing the word. All right, you're getting better, you're getting better. Okay, hearing the word together. Now there's a scripture when you hear the word, and when you get in the word of God, the word of God gets in you. Because when they got in the word, God's word really, how many believe God's word is living? See? And that's why I put down, it's living and it energizes you. It's living and it energizes you. I know where I got that from, Hebrews 4.12. Let's go there. It says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word, when you read God's word, it starts to read you. It opens you up. It checks your heart. When your heart's not right, no one likes to read the word because it's the truth coming at you without even anyone saying it to you. And it brings change inside of you. See, when you open that word up, it's sharp. And even when I'm preaching it, it's a two-edged sword going in into you and it's coming back into me. So I got cut badly going over this message. So since I'm bleeding out, I'm going to bleed out all over every one of you. (laughs) This is what I wrote down. The deeper I dig, the deeper he digs. The deeper I dig into the word of God, the deeper God digs inside of me. When you start talking to God about the word of God, the word of God starts talking to you about God. And when I talk about energizing you, even on your worst day, you open that Bible up and you ask God, I don't understand everything in here, but show me something. Something just triggers in you and wakes you up. When we can tell when people have a word, famine, because we're always tired. See? Because we're tired. But when you put the word in you, you can be on your worst day energized because it opens, it's living, it's active, it speaks to you. You know, when you're in those days, Lord, they just cut me off in traffic and I can't wait to tell them, give them a piece of my mind. And you read the word and it says, love them. <laughs> it checks your heart. The word discern means a critic. He criticizes your attitude. Means he's a critic. That word discernment means comes from the Greek word, I can't even say it now, but it means critic. Critiquing you. You want to know where you are? Open the word and let it reflect into you. He'll tell you exactly, and he don't have to worry about not hurting your feelings. You get mad at us, (laughs) but it's nearly the word you're getting mad at in the Holy Spirit. Because he convicts, which is a good thing. You need someone to tell you the truth. Right, guys? Guys, I'm trying to help you out. Right, guys? You know your wife, full of the Holy Spirit, always tells you the truth. Right, guys? Guys, I'm giving you freebies. <laughs> trying to help your marriage here. Okay? Now, when you're young and you're dating, y'all don't tell each other the truth. You lie to one another. Then two years, about six months down the road, 
<laughs> what happened? <laughs> Who is that person? Well, they lied to you. They just want to get a hold of you. Good advice. Make them tell you the truth. Okay? I love young people. God's word is living and energized. Now, the other thing I wrote in there, because that's what they were doing. You see the work they were doing in the book of Acts? You say, how were they accomplishing all those things? Because God, they were opening the word and they were getting it every day, daily. And here on Sundays or whatever Saturdays at someone else's house, they were a community. They were falling in love with the word of God. They were falling in love with Jesus Christ. They were falling in love with the Holy Spirit. They were falling in love with this life because that's what's in that book is life. See, the next thing is when I wrote in there, I said, you know, the Holy, I mean, the word of God is the originator of faith. The word of God is the originator of faith. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from what? Hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith is initiated through the word. No word, no faith. No word, no faith. You have fear. You get taken down for everything else. We're not going to make it, but the word always says, you never lose. I'll never leave you, forsake you. That gives you a faith. You can't live like we used to live on one day a week. We need to be feeding from the word. That faith starts to grow. So when someone says that's impossible, you have the faith of God. Oh, no, it's impossible for me, but nothing's impossible for my God. See, that's not positive mental thinking. That's the truth. And, you know, church, it's time for us, the church, to recognize that, that we serve a God who's never lost. We serve a God who can raise the dead. We serve a God who will never leave us or forsake us. We serve a God who's given us gifts to do great things, who called us into greatness. We serve an amazing God who makes amazing people. And when we recognize that, we start walking like we're amazing. I don't want to walk like I'm begging. I want the world to be begging for what we have. How's that happen? In community. The church walking in the full counsel of God. Wow. What does that look like when you believe God just because he said it? Our kids, that's why he said he wrote for children. You tell our kids anything, they'll believe it. Well, the kids believe anything. Little children, you tell them something, they believe it, and they come tell us what you told them. My mama said, my daddy said, oh, did they really? And that's word, that's word. My mama said it. Really? They believe it. You know, and it might sound like a slant, but I love a child who has conviction. And our God loves when we have conviction and we stand. Really? Who says we can't change this city? Really? Who says that family's too far gone to receive Christ? Really? Who says there's no jobs in Abilene? Really? Conviction from the word, the only source of life. I'm old enough to tell you, nothing else works but the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God spoke this whole thing we're standing on in the middle of the, of the universe with a word. If that's powerful, he can speak things into my life anytime he wants to. Come on, somebody.
trying to build your faith again. Get in that word like they were doing it. It's not a one-week fix. It's an every day. Every day. Because negativity will hit you at the door every day. When you wake up and you turn that TV on, eh, every day. And it's increasing. It's increasing. God's doing it on purpose, on purpose to show us that we're about, it's our greatest hour to shine. So it's the word, hearing the word. Hearing the word. Okay, next one is <laughs> fellowship. Okay, let me start on this side. Fellowship. Got some soul, brother. Fellowship. All right, there you go. I wrote this down. In those days when they talked about fellowship and those people were sharing their lives with one another, encouraging one another daily. They were sharing and caring for one another, not being alone, not saying be warm, be filled, see you later. They were sharing their lives. They had everything in common. It didn't matter about their color of their skin. It didn't matter where they came from. They had everything in common. And when, you all have, when we all have Jesus in common, we have everything in common because he is everything. But what happens is in fellowship, when we break away and we walk back and we stop engaging God, you want to engage, stop engaging people. See, I'm not worried about people falling away from the church. When you fall away from Christ, the byproduct is to fall away from the church. Because you're falling away from his bride, a part of him. When you hate somebody in the bride, you hate God because you hating the things that he created to make it look beautiful. Come on, somebody. So when they fall away, it's not about, hey, come to attendance. Hey, come back to God. Because you have to give your life to God first before you give your life to his bride, to the church. So when any, any kind of problem anyone has, has to do with their fellowship with God. If your marriage is wrecked, it's because your fellowship with God is wrecked. Come on, somebody. Because he is the center, like we talked about last, of our lives. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It's amazing when they put this in here about people, they were getting discouraged. They were talking about falling away from what they have learned and what they experienced. And we do it all the time. Can I give you a little advice? When you decide to skip to skip a, a gathering of people, you decide to leave yourself open for the enemy. Amen. When you look at the nature channel, the enemy only goes after the slow and the weak one. Has nothing to do with your perfect attendance. Has all to do with you being involved with the body of Christ. When you skip that, you, you leave yourself open. When you're, with the, when you're with the group and when you're with the entity and you're with the formation of people, you're safe. Because he can't hit you there. Because the man you say, hey, I'm, not, I'm dealing with this, someone's praying for you. Can't touch you there. But when you back out 
it tear you up. And then you're open. And you're discouraged. You wonder, how come I'm so discouraged? No one cares. Who told you no one cares? Who told you that? Who you think told you that? Because when you leave that voice, you go to a, another voice that tells you you're not worthy. Who tells you you're not good enough. Who tells you I've been gone too long. If I come back here, all they're going to do is, is judge me. Who told you that? Nobody except the devil. So don't skip. When you read this, the reason why I'm so strong on this, this was, an, this was a command. This was not, you know, leading together was not, it's not really optional. Now in the West we think it's optional. It's not optional. Not to the point that you have to submit to me. To the point that you don't get your tail kicked out there by yourself. Can't believe I said that word. Must be really preaching now. <laughs> and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing in. They're talking about the day of Christ coming back. Now, you know, some of the young people, they say, Pastor Rich, you're always picking on me. I'm provoking you. And God gave me a gift. And when you're not feeling too, when you're stressed and you're not feeling it, I pick on you to encourage you. Because if I didn't love you, I wouldn't pick on you. Oh, boy. Right, Robbie? A lot of love, isn't it, Robbie? Yeah, I know. Get over it, okay? Really. (laughs) But we provoked one another to greatness. Because I see the greatness in you that you don't see. I see when you first started here. And I see where you are now. And I see when you're trying to quit. Don't you ever quit. You keep going on the plan that God has for you. Don't fall back. Fall into someone's life. Fall Fall forward. So they can catch you and care for you and put you back in the game. How important is that? Very important. Daily. Daily. Encouraging one daily. We have the greatest technology with these phones. Use it. When the Lord puts something upon your heart, someone upon your heart to cheer them, just to send them, don't think it's stupid. It's not stupid. God is speaking to you. That person needs a word right now. Some of you need a word right now. I'm speaking directly to a lot of you right now who want to quit and give up. They need that one word, God loves you. That will keep them all day. Some of them, you keep it for a week. Say, you are a champion. You're you're huge. You're large. You're God's son. You're God's daughter. That takes them from another place. Because once they know someone really cares and then there's sharing and it's fellowship. Something special happens. I think he's beeping. Something special happens when we come together. Some of you come in here, just getting here, 1030. By 12 o'clock, you're like, yeah. And then Monday, I'm okay. Tuesday, I better find a group. If I don't find a life group. Then Wednesday, oh, Sammy, please help me. Help me. Ah, okay, Thursday, I'm back at it. Sunday. Every day. That's why we talk about life groups. We don't want you to have one-way conversations. It should be two-way. Friendship starts when you're saying, hey, I've been going through this. And the person you're talking to said, I'm going through the same thing. Can we pray together? 
Because, see, the enemy always says, you're the only one going through it. I doubt it. <laughs> you can always say, I've been there, I've done that. Well, I'm not going, I'm going there. Because some of us are in the middle of something right now. Some of us just came out of it. And the ones who think they're not anything, you're about to walk into it. <laughs> so be encouraged. <laughs> As the day is drawing near. how God works. Next one was my favorite, breaking of bread. Yeah. Yeah. How many people love to eat here? Yeah. Yeah. I could tell. No, just kidding. But really, over a meal, and can I encourage you, if you're a family, your young family with young children, a lot of great things happen over a meal. Fight for that meal. Don't be too busy that you don't sit down at least once, twice a week to have a meal together. Right. And I'm talking about in a, in a family context. In this family context, us getting together for excuses just to have a meal. And meals open people's hearts. Even if you have no children yet, you get together and you and spouse have a meal. Because things start to happen during mealtime. It's communion with one another. And also with them, when they're talking about that, because some of the experts say, well, they're only talking about this and that. I believe is that Eastern culture was, because all their idea was about God and people. They had a meal together, and then they partake of the communion together. After the meal, they would have a meal with Christ together. That's why we offer this. So you can commune together with God and with, uh, with people. Because the whole idea, this whole concept is, if you see it, is they're meeting with God and they're meeting with people. Because wax on, wax off. Love God, love people. You can't love people, you don't love God. So I love eating. And you guys know that there's, there's no such thing as, I didn't know Pastor Rich liked to eat. Y'all know me long enough. I don't miss a meal. Miss Donna can cook, boy. I'm getting hungry, and I'm about to fast next week. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay, talking about prayer. Okay, one more time. Prayer. Monday. Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday. Friday. I'll see you here at 12 o'clock. You just made a vow in the house of God. I'll take you to the scripture. If you break that vow, you're in big trouble. Yeah, I'm rough. I'm serious. One of my Bible teachers told me this. Every week, people come, they fall deeper into sin. You say, what? Because you hear truth, and now you're responsible for it. I like that. Mm, yeah. Really. Prayer together. They prayed together. And you see in Acts chapter 431, prayer creates unity and power. We get a chance to do that this week. It says, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word with boldness. This is when the church started to take off. 5,000 people got born again. Additional 5,000. 
Peter and John healed a man. They got taken in. You know what happens when religious people do not like the move of God. And they decide to tell him, look, you need to stop it. And Peter says, I cannot stop what God has put inside of me. What's inside me has to come out. And the most amazing thing happened. They had to let him go. And when they let him go, they prayed for enablement, enablement, not escape. This is the first time in Acts chapter 4, the first time you hear of an apostolic prayer. They prayed for to be enabled. They prayed that the circumstances that they went to, God will use that for a platform to do glorious things for him. When's the last time we prayed? Not to escape, not to ask for protection, but to move forward. See, all your circumstances, you need to step on them and then step up and go out with it. And we pray, God, take that circumstance and turn it for your glory. The church of Jesus Christ, we got to stop praying for protection because that's already guaranteed. It's already a promise. We don't have to pray for need. We pray for boldness. That's what we want to do this week. Pray for boldness to share the word, regardless what they're doing. Some people can, you don't have enough money. You'll never have this. You'll never have that. But you always got the word of God, and you always got that boldness from the Holy Spirit. And that's what he calls us to do, to go to the world and preach this gospel. Not sit here being, okay, give me this, God. Give me that, God. Give me that, God. Abraham, when he was waiting 25 years for God to move, God came down. He says, I walk away and not give my, and tell Abraham what I'm about to do. He's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham went and he served God. He didn't say, hey, God, I'm waiting for that promise you asked me about 24 years ago. Hey, how about Angel? Can you tell God, put me on his schedule because he owes me something? No, he prayed for other people. So they will not be destroyed. I want to pray for our city. They will not be destroyed. Your families will not be destroyed. Marriages will not be destroyed. Those things will happen. They always do. And I'm learning that. If I ain't learned nothing from 2011, things just happen happened. And I learned. God was showing me that stuff is not permanent. I am. Go and do what I called you to do. They pray for enablement. You're gonna, I want you to take this time this week. You conduct, and you're part of our prayer and fasting Monday through Friday. Pray for God to enable you to be empowered he already knows what you need. The Bible says it. He's not going to remove it. He just wants you to step on top of it and use it for his glory. Second one is, I love this. Prayer initiates miracles. Acts chapter 12, Paul gets arrested. Church is about to explode. James gets killed, second martyr in the Bible. What happens? They put Paul, I mean, put, put Peter in jail. <laughs> 16 guards were guarding him. Come on, somebody, 16 guys. And he was in the middle of them, two of them shackled. Okay? But can I tell you something? Things will happen, but prayer is always the turning point. 
So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest, but there's a turning point. Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church, because in chapter 11, that's when he first declared the church was praying for Peter. And this is how Peter, he was, he was so worried that it put him to sleep. And how would you love to have an angel as an alarm clock? <laughs> hey, get up, Rich. <laughs> Whoa, what is that? You know what? Prayer brought the angel. Angel opens, tells him, get up, put your clothes on. Shackles fall off. Go out. Peter thinks he's seeing a vision. Saying, man. He gets out, walks through all the guards. No one knows it. Herod thought they had him. It was, it was actually Pentecost. Not Pentecost, it was that. Yeah, Pentecost. They thought they were going to celebrate. Kill, we'll kill Peter the same way we killed Christ. Herod said, I'll do that. Guess what? The people prayed. Peter shows up to knock on the door. Hey, I'm back. And a name, young lady named Rhoda. What a name. Rhoda comes. She's the only, that's the only thing she did was go and tell them that Peter's at the door. And she made the Bible. <laughs> wow. I love the book of Acts because it's an open in the book and we're still writing it. Anyway, so she got to say, hey, Peter's here. Hey, and they're like, get out of here. We're praying. We don't believe it. That's got to be his angel because he's got to be dead. Man, so much encouragement. Sometimes you don't have it all when you're praying. It's okay. Don't make yourself perfect before you pray. You might have some unbelief until God changes you and brings some belief. I was encouraged by that. So he comes out, <laughs> and they said, it's him. Okay, let's go check. It's Peter. A miracle. When's the last time as believers did you ask God, for a miracle. Can I put it another way? When's the last time you believed God for a miracle? Because the last time I checked, he's still in the miracle giving business. The last time I checked, he can do all things. The last time I checked, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. What happens, he's at this level and we treat him at this level. Can you just pay my bill? Can you just take care of my family? That's already done. He says, go to Matthew chapter 6. I cover that already. What do you want to happen in your life? This week, we get a chance to spend a whole week here uh, at Grace Point Church in our prayer and fasting time. And I'm here to tell you, we're doing Joshua 3.5. We believe God wants to do a wonder here. I believe God wants to do a wonder here. Because we've been ordained to do a wonder here. Now I want you to do, take your cards I had you fill out. Now I want you to feel, know that we're going to be praying for each and every one of you. Don't write your need. Write what you're expecting God to do. That you're hoping, you're praying for a miracle. Write down the miracle that you want God to take care of. And watch as we pray this week. And we bring those cards out. And we start hearing about the testimonies, how God's starting to move on your behalf. It's time for us to stand up and take God at his word. Write those things down. Write down that miracle. That son or that daughter that's way out, out there. Those who need something, write it down. The only way they can get it done is unless God shows up. And why won't God show up if his people are praying? That would be a bad joke. 
but we have a good God. I got a list this long that I know he's going to do of miracles because everything we do, guys, it's above what we can do. But he is the miracle-working God, and he's still in the miracle business. Do you have faith to believe that? If you have faith to believe that, you'll fill out that card. You have some members in your family who are not born again. I believe God that they're going to be born again. You got some families who feel they can't be healed. I believe God they will be healed. And we're going to spend this whole week believing God for you. Our first day tomorrow, we'll go off the blocks for personal prayer. I want to get those cards, and I want to stand on those cards and stand by faith for you. Sometimes you need someone standing for you when you can't stand for yourself. And believe God for you. That's your action point. Fill out that card. Don't be afraid. God wants to show himself big because he wants to make what the testing you're going through into a testimony that's going to shock and change people outside these doors' lives. Don't look at God as too small. God is huge. And you might have been going through things for a long time, but he said, when's the last time you believed me? I love when, when the men brought, there's four guys brought the man that was paralyzed and put him down to the ceiling. Woo! Put him down so they can get to Jesus. And then Jesus said this, I see these guys' faith, so I'm going to heal this man because of their faith. So this is my belief. Though our faith, God's going to bring some healing and reconciliation to your lives. Through our faith, he's going to bring a lot of things to you that you've been waiting on. Through our faith, through our leader's faith, it's time that we walk in the counsel of Almighty God. Grace Point Church, it only happens through devotion. A powerful life is a devoted life. Devoted to the word. Devoted to fellowship. Devoted to breaking the bread. Devoted to prayer. If you are a guest this morning, this is our introduction to life in 3D. We're devoted. But most of all, we want to be people of faith and take God at his word. You fill those cards out. You can put them on the seats on the side of you. We're going to pray over them. You can leave them there. Or you can put them right there where my man Rich is standing back there. You can drop them off on the way out. He'll put them in the bucket for you. But we're serious about believing God for you. Because he is good. And he always does good. As the scripture says. He always does good. And all things work according to his good. To those who love him. Again, the other way we desire, we have what we call Connect Four. We get a chance to, uh, you get a chance to connect and want to become a member of this church called Connect for Membership. We start all our classes, Connect for Membership, Connect for Foundations, and Connect for Leadership. It's what we call our base path. We all start those classes February 5th at 9 o'clock. 
We're redoing the hallway. The kids are going to have their own wing. We're so excited. And adults are going to have their own wing. That's why you see construction zones everywhere. We're going to get and build up our, uh, our cafe a little bit so people have a place to sit. So we'll stop bringing things into God's house. Sanctuary. Amen. All right. I'm taking part of the blame because we didn't give you a place to sit. But when we give you a place to sit, then we'll talk about honoring God. <laughs> Amen. Those and also life groups, you have a chance to do that. Our heart, our mission here at Grace Point is connect, grow, serve with God and people. Connect, grow, serve. We want you to do three things. And we want you to do amazing things that God has called you to do. And I don't care what your background is. And I don't care how old you are. You're just getting started. All things become new. He doesn't patch up the old. He brings all things new. You are influencers. Let us pray.